there's still something to learn. There's always something new to learn. And that's actually what I'm trying to get at. It's like you can spend your time critiquing the fact that his message is the same, or you can ask, well, what is the, what is the lesson that I can still learn? Don't pay any attention to the critics. Don't even ignore them. They are just cynics pretending to be critics, disillusioned idealists that stopped being passionate about their dreams and then now seek to be cynical about everybody else's. Hi and welcome to the Expansive Podcast. My name is Eric. It is great to have you tune in to our little corner of the internet uh, where John and I get to talk about all things expansive. How can we live a bigger, bolder, more expansive life in, in your personal life and in your professional life? Um, what does that look like and how do we get there? That's what we always tend to speak about and we do this every single week. Um, and of course, I'm always joined by my ever elegant co-host, uh, Gianni uh, Sane. Gianni. 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 Yes, uh, I've been in Italy for the last week. Eh? And if you are watching this on a video, you know my my hand is uh, naturally in the Italian pose. Eh? I have eaten so much pasta and pizza, I don't even fit into my pants anymore. Thank goodness I left Italy because I would have carried on eating. Anyway, uh, great to be here. I uh, have had a unbelievable time in Italy. I say this every time I go to Italy. I don't think I'm ever going to stop going to Italy. One of the things that always blows me away is the style of the people. My mm, God, these people mm. have got another style. You really feel like a reprobate, a, <laughs> a I don't know, a, a, a badly styled, blind, colorblind stylist of yourself when you watch these Italians. My <laughs> God. I mean, yeah, anyway, I say this every time and it feels like I'm walking through like a catalog when I see these mm. people just, just chilling on the side, having an espresso. I mean, his shoes, her perfume, his jacket, her hair, like it's yeah. just, oh, it's, I'm getting goosebumps talking about it. It's just fantastic. Eh? Fantastic. So inspired by them. But everything about Italy just, it has that air around it. You know, when you go there, I mean, the, the, the food, the views, the, you know, those, like those very typical Italian, like sort of boats. I don't know what you would call them. They have an actual name. Like they had this wooden paneling on them. And yes, 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 yes. You know what I'm yes, talking about, right? Yes, I've got a couple of pictures from them. Yes. There's a name. They have a specific name. Like um, cigar. They're like a cigar. There's, yes, but I know what you're saying. Yeah. Yes, I know what like you're saying. Like there's just, like all the places do. in Europe, there's just something super special for me about Italy. No, no, they don't get it wrong, eh? And they're so yeah. confident. They're almost like cocky confident, whereas the French are arrogant confident. And the French have also got it right. Let's not kid. I mean, the mm, French have just got mm. amazing food and everything so civilized. But the Italians have a little bit more like joy and sort of like a little bit of frustration and anger, whereas the French are quite like angry and muff that the rest of the world aren't <laughs> like them, you know? Um, so I spent a week working with an international hotel group up in the mountains of northern Italy, places also I've never been to, Cormons. I mean, it's like a little front shook in Cape Town or like mm. one of these little towns, which tourists will never go to. Hardly anybody spoke English. I got a massage from an old nono who laughed at me because while she was uh, uh, giving me lots of pain because my back was a bit sore, <laughs> couldn't speak any English. Um, but yeah, I really had a fantastic time now in Turkey, spending some time with my family, my father's side, which I haven't seen or spoken to in 20 odd years. Some parts of the family I've never met and some parts of the family, the last time I saw them was 40, 40 odd years ago. So sure. 
really great spending time with them. So I'm right now in Bodrum, Turkey, and uh, enjoying the time and uh, now making a little bit of time to speak to you, Eric, and to have an expansive podcast. I did get a complaint from somebody on Instagram saying we're not recording often enough. So yeah. as you were doing the intro, you said weekly. I was like, yeah, yeah, we try to be weekly, but we've fallen off the bandwagon a little bit. But here weekly we are. for 119 episodes. Non-weekly yeah, two for years. yeah, yes, 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 you're right. Yeah, look, it's right, it, it is. I mean, we could be doing better, but but that's also there are some challenges regarding uh, traveling schedules and yes. so it's not that we're not trying for those listening, uh, yes. but there are some logistical challenges as we move around the world. So yes. um, listen for today's episode. So we always have a bit of a banter before we get onto the show, and we were talking about various different topics we could approach and. Um, you had some quotes that you were mentioning and that kind of sparked some quotes that I've been thinking of a lot. And so we said, how about we just do a quote episode? Um, so yes. we just talk about some of the quotes that we've been uh, thinking about a lot, unpack them a little bit, 20 minutes and then done. Right. So, so yes. Yeah. So uh, one of the, one of the quotes that I actually read to you off air, and, and this is what really sparked this was something I was listening to yesterday on the plane. And uh, the guy was talking about critics, and I love the line he uses. He says, don't pay any attention to the critics. Don't even ignore them. And I think you just stop there for a second and just digest that. Mm. It means that they don't exist in your reality, the critics. Don't even ignore them. In other words, mm. you haven't read them, listened to them to ignore them. They weren't even there. And, and, and he, he goes further to say that they are just cynics pretending to be critics, disillusioned idealists that stopped being passionate about their dreams and then now seek to be cynical about everybody else's. Sure. Oh, it's a, such so a, good, man. It's, it's so, so good. good. Yeah. I get goosebumps thinking about it. And uh, it's really about living your life on purpose. This was the sort of book that they were unpacking. And they were talking about if you live your life on purpose and you only listen to the purpose that you are here for, there are no critics. And you then start to realize that the critics are the people that stopped following their purpose, mm. who never got the opportunity to be part of their purpose, you know. And so really, it really comes down to the idea of how are you creating the golden thread towards your purpose and how are you going about invoking that purpose. And really, the gateway of it is, is, is curiosity is really about following the line of curiosity that ultimately leads you to your passion, to your purpose, and to the reason you're here. Because we've all got such different curiosities. Mm. And if you think about it, nobody's curious about the same topic in the same way. Nobody. Whether it comes to wine or leadership or fashion or whatever you want to talk about, it's always a very distinct curiosity that you have. And so this idea of, a comparison and taking on critics is just such a it's such a buzz killer you know it's such a party pooper when we have somebody doing that sort of thing so and i've become really really efficient at anybody on social media that is criticizing without uplifting my work or anybody else's work and it's a simple block that mm. i follow that just block out i don't even i don't need you part of my journey I don't need you to be angry with what I'm saying. I have a pure intent of what I'm trying to do is bring optimism to the world. If you don't see that, you're dragging your own disillusionment of your ideal world into my social feed and you don't deserve to be with me. Mm. So, ciao. 
Arrivederci. Bellissimo. Ti accorgi anni. Anyway, so I love I love you know, that quote. Um, I think when I look at artists, and if I say artists, I mean you know people who write, who do who do anything that they care about deeply, and and bring that creation into the world. Um, I think once you re reach a certain level and you've had enough critics come um, to your doorstep moaning about everything that you do, you develop a certain approach, like a, a certain irreverence to it. And I, I remember Seth Godin always saying he doesn't even read his Amazon reviews, whether yeah. positive or negative. He doesn't read yeah. them because yeah. it's not about that. It's about the work that was being created. And I don't know if you've recently seen... Uh, Neil Gaiman released, so he wrote a book uh, called Sandman many, many years ago. And Sandman has now been translated into a Netflix series and it blew up. Like Apparently people have been brilliant. raving about it. It's brilliant. Yes. People you know, in were talking about it. Yeah, we binged it and it's phenomenal. But obviously people come out of the woodworks and everyone's critiquing this and that and that. And when I've been looking at the way he's been dealing with that criticism, it's almost like I, I can imagine the frustration he must feel as a troll because it does not touch him. The way yeah. he interacts with it is that, mm. so I remember one thing he said is that, you know, ultimately he created Sandman, but he's like, no one gets to gatekeep Sandman. And if you were trying to gatekeep, like if you're trying to gatekeep it and say, this is what it's supposed to be. Uh, yeah. He uses strong language to, to express himself. But I mean, I, there's just this, I don't know how to describe it. It's this irre irreverence is the best word. It's just like mm. he's he's so high above the criticism. Yeah, that even if yeah. you say it, it doesn't make it impact. It does not yeah. matter. And what, what I want, what a powerful place to be. What a phenomenal place to be. And mm. um, it also reminded me, you know, when you've recently people don't know this in the podcast. You're a TikTok star now. You're a, a viral yes, TikTok. Yes, like, yes, yes. I think it's you decided TikTok to famous. take the plunge and take off your shirt and do a few dances and all of a sudden things exploded for you on TikTok. Look, one is at 365,000 views. The other one's at 110,000. Is that the twerking views. video? Which one is that? That was the naked video. Yeah, That the was the naked video. video. Yes. <laughs> no, no, no. These are the same videos that I post everywhere else except on TikTok. They've just gone viral. Mm, it's but, but what I wanted to say is that, you know, the moment you reach beyond your immediate circle mm. and then just the circle beyond that and then the mm. circle beyond that, all mm. of a sudden, you know, you're engaging yes. with people who have no idea who you are, yeah. where you've come from, yeah. and they have their own opinions and everyone feels that they're entitled to their opinion. Everyone feels mm. that they should post it and vomit it all over the internet. Mm. Mm. And so it's almost, it's, it's almost impossible these days that you're going to do anything of significance and not have people come out of the woodworks to critique you. And so I think this quote is just so incredibly yeah. important to reflect on. Yeah, look, again, let's just uh, close it off. Is it's, it's by a guy called Samuel Goldwyn. Okay. So don't pay any attention to the critics. Don't even ignore them. Yeah, I like that. I mean, that just, yeah, just, it, 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 it settles me. Just reading it is like, mm. ah, yes. You know, also, one of the things that I always find so weird, and, I, and I've said this to a few people on social media, I said, you know, if you've got such an issue with my work, why don't you go start your own platform and share your idea rather than coming and shitting all over mine. Like, yeah. I don't come to your page. Like, I'm busy. I'm busy creating. I don't have time to come to your page and critique you. Like, mm. go and build your own movement. You know what I mean? So, like, people critique. I mean, they haven't done it to my face. I'm sure they have. But like, my book. It's like, well, then go write your own book. Yeah. Like, go write. Like, if, you, if you've got an issue with mine, go write yours. Or just you know, read a different book. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, or, or they won't write a book. Yeah. Because they won't. They won't because they know that there's people <laughs> like them out there that want to break it down. Actually, I, I, I couldn't give a shit, to be honest. Like, I'm like, whatever, let's keep moving. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, but but imagine um, I go pick up like an accounting book and I read this and I'm like, this is the yeah, worst thing in the world. Pain. Like yeah. all this counting crap that's in here. Like I don't want a book that's about accounting. This author is so like delusional. And then I go and give them like a one star. Yeah. I'm not the audience. I'm not. Yeah. Like, it's not for you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's hilarious. But you know what, Eric? I think most importantly is how do we critique other people's work? Mm. And I think that's also an incredibly good exercise because I've very much made peace that if somebody's doing something that I don't like, it's just not for me. Mm. That's all it is. It doesn't mean it's shit. It doesn't mean it's, it's terrible or outdated. It's not for me. That's mm. it. Finish. Stop there and move on. Because if you sit there going, oh, what a useless person, how inauthentic of them, what do they know, who do they think they are, what a rubbish attitude. Look at all the energy that's just been drained out of me yeah, critiquing somebody sure. else. Just the answer is, it is not for you and move on that's just it's such a simple you know i got this um i used to have a tasha's in canal walk which is a shopping center in cape town and i used to have to go up the escalator to go to the tasha's and i used to go past this wimpy which is a, a a fast food chain here in south africa and i used to look at all the people eating at wimpy i never eat at wimpy because i think the food they serve there is not based on quality but on price because it's a cheap mm. brand not cheap, just affordable brand. And, you know, I had to make peace with the fact that Wimpy is not for me. Wimpy is not bad. Wimpy is just not for me. Mm. And so instead of standing on the escalator critiquing everybody down there that have made decisions to eat food based on price, not on quality, how dare I? It's got nothing mm. to do with me. They can do what they want. It's their bodies. And I can do whatever I want. It's my body. And so this has put such peace. Like some people were complaining to me about Jay Chetty. And I was like, dude, JJT is very awesome to so many different people. You don't like them, but so what? Let him mm. be. Let him do mm. what he's doing. He's doing great. He's like uplifting so many people who need to hear his message. And so, yes. Don't, and I think uh, it also, yeah. it, it robs you of the opportunity to learn from it, you know, because ultimately, and I, and I think this is what I've seen for me, is that um, I look at someone like, like Simon Sinek, for example, you know, and yes, yes. to be honest, I feel like if I listen to him, I'm not really getting smarter. I feel like, you know, he, there's this thing where they talk about where they say, like, when a thought leader starts off, they are very thoughtful. They are like, yes. because um, they come into the world with new and interesting ideas. Yes. Yes. And then over time, they become fortune cookie uh, thought leaders. Mm. Because over time, they need to keep producing ideas. And mm. so the ideas become less and less impactful and more mm. and more fortune cookie-like. And so... <laughs> Wow. I've got a comment I, there. Yeah, I've I can see that face. Yeah, yeah. yeah What's yeah. your comment? Go on, go on. No, no. <laughs> no, but I'm just saying, that's just something I've heard. Um, but when, when I listen to him, I, I just, I don't get the hype around it, right? And I've actually had to stop and ask myself, well, obviously he's doing a lot of things right. And what can you learn from what he's doing? So stop trying to focus on um, why he might be successful in the eyes of others or um, why he's having a certain impact and rather look at like what can I learn in terms of what I'm doing compared to what he's doing and that has, that's been yeah that's been interesting it's been eye-opening to me well look I think the first time all of us listened to Simon Sinek was unbelievable mm. it was unbelievable but you know all of us Eric you and me included have got 
five messages in us, but that's mm. it. We have five messages. We're going to regurgitate those five messages. You've even mocked me sometimes when I'm about to say, uh, build courage, clarity, and courageousness in executives. <laughs> I've seen you mock me, and I've now changed it <laughs> to bring more optimism into the world. But um, we've all got five messages. Think about Gary Vee. Think about Brenna Brown. Think about uh, Mel. What's her name? Mel, that five-second woman. Uh, Mel Robbins. Um, Mel Robbins. Yeah. But the first time we listen to them, they're amazing. Mm. The second time we listen to them, it's a regurgitation. The third time it's a regurgitation, you're like, okay. And now what does it say? It says that Simon Sinek and me are done. That relationship is done. Now I'm moving on to the next teacher, Dr. Mm. Joe Dispenza. And after Dr. Joe Dispenza, there'll be somebody else, you know? And mm. guess what Dr. Joe Dispenza says at every event? The exact, exact same thing. Verbatim yeah. the same. Mm. Verbatim. So... Look, I don't think it's about becoming fortune cookies that you've heard the message. And that's mm. why there are 7 billion people in the world that you can learn from all of them and you can move on to new teachers. And so when people say, yeah, that person's become shit. No, they haven't. You've just listened to them 2,000 times and everybody's got five messages. Mm. The biggest gurus in the gurus of India and the gurus of – it's all the same message. Mm. It's like, like what are you expecting? Somebody to come up with a brand new vibe? It's, it mm. doesn't work like that, you know? But what I actually want to land is that even though his message might be the same for the thousands, like thousands of time, um, there's still something to learn. There's always something new to learn. And that's actually what I'm trying to get at. Is like you can spend your time critiquing the fact that his message is the same, or you can ask, well, what is the what is the lesson that I can still learn? And and that's why Dispenza, I think, ends up being so powerful, is because you come back to him at certain intervals, and you come back to him a different person than you were before, and so you're hearing a different message when you come back to it. I can't believe you said that. You know, this morning at breakfast, I was saying my aunt, my one of my aunts uh, is here, and she's like. So tell me about Joe Dispenza. I watched you on social media. You were there. I really want to go to it. I was like, you know, this is my fifth event and I'm going to another two events. She's like, why do you keep going? Does he say new things? I was like, no. In fact, he says the same thing. You just have to hear it mm. 2,000 times. And I still listen to his lectures now and I'm like, oh, is that what he meant over there? Mm. It's almost like you have to take that information in over and over and over because you've evolved and understood more and understood more and understood more. So... I think I love what you're saying, but I also think that just the, 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 the issue I had, the challenge I had was that it becomes fortune cookie. It doesn't. Yeah. It's from your perspective, it becomes fortune cookie because you're used to him. But you know, even if you think about Donald Trump, you can learn from something from him. He's mm. thick skin. Dude, who's got a thick skin like that? And his ability to twist every story to suit him, I mean, that is a superpower. The fact mm. that he's an evil monster is irrelevant. The fact <laughs> that he can make every story fit him. Like, Every story, and he's got half of America believing his version of his twisted story onto it. Mm. Like, wow, how is this guy? His megalomaniac approach is just next level. And then you think about the Kardashians, you know? You can learn something from the Kardashians. What a powerhouse Mm. of a family. Mm. You want to mock them, schmock them. The one sister can't cut cucumbers. The other one did a porn movie. (laughs) Do what you want to do. They're living their best lives. They're they're living their best lives. They couldn't give a shit about you and your small opinion sitting in your apartment somewhere complaining about the depression. I think it was good. The same thing with the – did you watch that thing when the Olympics was on? People sitting on their couch eating pizza and ice cream, critiquing the athletes. You're like, dude, <laughs> sit down, sit down, chubby. <laughs> you got nothing. To say that's every Saturday that when the Springboks play, right? It's like, <laughs> yeah, everybody thinks they're an athlete and they could have done better. You're like, come on, dude, calm down, sit down, sit down. You, you couldn't have done better. You really couldn't have. <laughs>
Listen, brother, um, this was a, a great episode. I think we should cut it right there. Uh, we have fodder for the next few because I actually quite enjoy this sort of um, quote style episode where we get to why, why, look at, at quotes. Let's, let, let's do one. I've got four minutes to go. Well, just, I, I, just for the I don't, listeners, my, okay, you don't have to do one. Okay. okay. Yeah, I, I think we're going to run out of time. Like, I'm, okay, I'm going to finish my quotes and then it's going to be done. So okay. let's do it for the next episode or for another in betweener. Okay. Um, great. Yeah, listen, but I mean, this was great. Um, thank you for taking your 10 kg mic with you. Um, that's a prerequisite. Whenever, whenever someone travels from the expansive, the number one thing that goes into their, into their suitcase is their 10 kg mic and then everything else. <laughs> that's exactly why I messaged you this morning. I was like, do you want to record? Because I'm not carrying this 10 kg mic and not recording. That's a, that's a sin. So uh, I had to record just to make uh, make up for me carrying this mic everywhere with me around the world. Listen, um, thank you. It was great. Um, enjoy your time with your family in uh, Turkey. And then we'll, we know that you're back at the end of the week in Cape Town. So we'll yes. catch up then next week. Yes. Um, we still have a paddle game to play. Everyone yes. listening to The Expansive is in dire anticipation of, of uh, sharing the results. No, well, no, brother, um, you just chill. You, you yeah, just chill. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. You need to go do some more meditation before you can come and take me on. Everyone, thank okay. you so much for, uh, for tuning in. And as always, we really appreciate your time and your attention um, in listening to The Expansive, wherever you are, whether you are driving, uh, commuting, uh, going for a run, in the gym. Um, thank you for your time. Uh, if you feel so inclined, we are on a mission to get more and more reviews and ratings for this podcast. So you can leave us a review or a rating on iTunes. Uh, we deeply appreciate that as well. So until next time, be expansive. Goodbye. Ciao.